With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.J. Amanu, the writer-director of Aviation. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Cullen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen.com up in my bunk piece. Snitch, yeah, that was my motorcycle running and tracking up with my fucking snitch, genius, with um, Ian Peter and Christopher. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, from page to screen. Good evening again. Here's, Hello. Here's hoping... It, uh, that sounds better. I'm, I'm doing nothing different than I was a minute ago. So there you go. I've not, I've not even moved. We don't move anymore. There's been a lockdown on moving, so we have yeah. to sit in the same place until after ten o'clock, or is it before ten o'clock? Or if we're in Scotland, I don't know. I'm very confused. No, no. I, I I have heard with um, you know absolute certainty mm-hmm. that as long as we're not fed after midnight, exposed okay. to water, okay. We should be fine. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a film idea there, I think. I might need to uh, crack on with that one, I think. So I wasn't sure... Blinks. Yeah, pretty much. I wasn't sure which way to do this podcast. I thought we could do it the American way, in which case, whenever anybody speaks, we just interrupt them. And then periodically, somebody can jump in and tell the other one, shut up. Um, <laughs> or we can do it the, uh, the English way, and whenever anybody asks a question, we don't answer it. We just babble and talk crap. So I don't know. I'm which, very good at doing the second. Which way to do So are our politicians, actually. I watched Boris and <laughs> Keir Starmer or whatever going at each other, and neither of them were answering questions. I thought, you know what? I gave up listening to shit like that when I left primary school. So I'm going to change the channel and watch something else. So I gave up because it's yeah, not worth it. something that's aimed at an older audience, like play school. Yeah, or in, yeah. The, in the night garden or something like that. I think. Yeah. Something a bit more inter- intellectually. Something in it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a few ninky nonks in White House, in the in White House, whatever it's called. Yeah. Westminster, that's the one. I don't yes. know anymore. I'm so confused. It's crazy. But I just, oh, politics. I hate it. That's my idea. Yeah. Fire them all. Sack them all. Put them up against the wall and shoot them all. Yeah, not even with cameras either. It's pathetic. And then, of course, you've got Super Trump, who's just immune to every virus on the bloody planet, and telling <laughs> half the people that probably vote for him, oh, my God, look, he's so amazing, he can fight a virus. 
Brilliant. He didn't salvage. Oh, no, he beat it. He's immune. He's super strong. He got it on Thursday. Oh, crap. Got it on Thursday. He wanted to be out on the Saturday, but they wouldn't let him, so he could be honest <laughs> to come out on the Monday. The guy is, he might be 74. He might have underlying health conditions, but he, he is in the Avengers. He's, trust me, Marvel he Trump. That'll be the next a, film. He just took a page out of <gasps> Boris's playbook where it's a case of, look, tell them you've got the virus. Yep. You know, fight it. You'll be a martyr. Yep. And then come out. The only problem is he but, didn't give it two or three weeks. He gave it two or three days. No, I think Boris had it because I did see Boris weeks after and he still looks like shit now, to be honest. But you always look like shit. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> Trump is a farce. It's an absolute farce. Yes. But the problem is I watched some of the debate and the guy's a bit, Joe Biden's a bit of a clown as well. His problem yep. is he just, he keeps stuttering his words and forgetting his words and he's he's got no public sort of um, uh, what do you call it when you can't speak in public a bit like this really so it just keeps <laughs> fluffing his words and that's what will bring him down which is kind of stupid but that's what it'll be whereas Trump he has no problem spouting shit constantly without even a hesitation so well, I was going to say did you see the Saturday Night Live sketch <laughs> no, I didn't know if you get a chance look it up Yeah, you've got uh, Alec Baldwin of course plays yes. Trump yeah. And Jim Carrey takes the power, the role of um, Biden. Uh, Joe Biden. Brilliant. And it's very, very funny. Do, do they keep interrupting each other, or is it not realistic? Yes. Right, well, good. Yeah, yeah. Watch <laughs> it. All, it's all I'll say. I it it ends it up with uh, Jim Carrey having like a, a, a television remote control, and he puts Trump on hold. If only. <laughs> if only that were possible. Yeah, definitely I, worth watching. I seem to spend most of my time now replying to people's tweets who say, oh, I bet everybody's laughing at us in America now. It's like, no, we've got clowns running our government as well, so don't worry about it. Just yeah. you got Who diff- was it? Did, you did the old song, Clowns to the Left of Me, Jokers to the Right, Here I Am, Stuck in the Middle with You? Pretty much. We're, <laughs> we're just doomed, aren't we? And, of course, c- cinemas are closing. So what's your yep. thoughts on that, Rob? You've Google first. Uh, naughty James Bond. Now, um, I, I have to say, um, you know, I, I can't hold my hand up for all Cineworlds, but the but the local one yeah. was never a big fan of. I'd always travel further afield to go to view. So, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe um, I feel the same way as a lot of people online that. They were too expensive in the first place. Yeah. Get yourself a, a home projector oh, and uh, have <laughs> cinema at home. Popcorn's cheaper, ice cream's cheaper, films definitely cheaper as long as you wait for uh, them to come around on Netflix like I do. Well, I, I want wanted... Mrs. is sensible. No one takes any phone calls either. Well, yeah. I, I wanted to have the whole, and I do need to credit a lot of this conversation to Annette, but I wanted to have the whole cinema experience because I, I do. I used to love going to the cinemas. I, I kind of miss movie theatres and stuff. So we've got the, the big projector set up and I put a film on and Annette wandered in the room halfway through the show and obviously sat down right in front of me, got her phone out, <laughs> started playing with the phone. I'm like, can you shut it? She swore <laughs> at me. And then, you know, later on, she got me some popcorn and charged me 12 quid for it, which I thought was quite... <laughs> which was quite nice. And then later on, she got up and she kept, you know, going to the bathroom and walking in front of me and stuff. And then she sat down behind me and periodically just kicked the back of my chair. So you can see I'm selling tickets for this. Yeah, pretty much. I'm going to, I'm going to sell about 15 pounds each. I think I'll probably sell tickets for, um, 
and the film that you will watch will probably be okay, but it won't be great. And people sound just, balance will be off. Sound balance might be a little bit off. You, I'm going to put a whole load of adverts, probably about half an hour worth of adverts, right in front of it for you. Uh, some of them will spoil the film because they'll have clips from the movie you're just about to watch. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just why not? That's that, that will be as long cinema. As you've got that wonderful kind of music that they used to have for the adverts. Perlindine, yeah, Perlindine. I've also thought about bringing in some stinky, horrible nachos and putting them in the corner of the room, just so that's all you can smell. Maybe even a bucket of barbecue chicken that somebody might pull out and trough. Spill so, some popcorn across the floor so that as you're walking in, you know, kind of you're treading into the carpet. Yeah, well, you've got to have a sticky carpet anyway. So yeah, you know. yeah, and make sure you're surrounded by people rattling crisp packets and uh, yeah, of course. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> of course. But no, I, Cynical or what? Well, it's, <laughs> we've just described a lot of the cinema experiences. So it's like, you know, I lo- I'm certainly not going to say I'm anti-cinema, right? Because I do, I love movies and love watching movies and yeah. stuff. But I went through my lists of films that I've watched this year and last year, because I do keep spreadsheets, I am not much of a geek, I've been to the cinema five times in the past two years. Right, So I didn't really go right a lot anyway, and that is because people with the mobile phones, it is too expensive, it's too time-consuming, and the audience just annoys the crap out of me, to be honest. Um, probably five times more than I've been. Probably. And I mean, I, <laughs> I did go six times, but one of those where I watched three films was at Grimfest, so I've, ah. I, I took out the film festival aspect of it but mm. and just put the regular viewings five times. And one of them was to see John Wick 3 twice. So te- <laughs> no. technically it would have been four if I didn't decide to oh, take it out to watch there. it. Yeah, I have actually been once then. You watched John, John Wick 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, so they announced that cinemas were closing. Then cinemas were opening again, but nobody was going for obvious reasons because I like movies, but I'm not playing Russian roulette with my health. I don't care how good the flipping film is. Uh, And then cinemas are closing again, and and Boris has come out and he wants everybody to go to cinemas and support them. I'm all right, thanks. I'm good. I I would rather stay healthy, (laughs) and I've got a big projector. But wait, wait until they start giving you the twenty percent off and everything. I don't care. It's it's like (laughs) it's mental. And all you see is people, and right across social media, so it must be true, it's just people banging on, having a go at the government, going, you're not telling us what to do, you're confusing us. Here's the thought, if it's a virus outside and you may catch it, the best way to not catch it outside is not to go outside, <laughs> really, isn't it? Yeah. And, and if you can catch it from other people, well, go on, Bob, what's the solution? If you can catch it from other people outside your house, what's the best thing to do to avoid that? Go to a festival. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go to go without a mask. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So I get the, the government thing. It is super confusing, and they're not exactly being crystal clear with their uh, their methods. But just stay at home unless you can go to work. Then go exactly. to work. But don't go to work. But just <laughs> but just sort of take ownership yourself. It's madness. Oh, uh, do you want to go to the pub? I'm all right, thanks. All right. Do you want to go to a restaurant? No. Crazy. So you. As much as I want pubs and restaurants to survive and still be around after all this does clear up eventually, I'm sorry. It's basically a case of, I'd like a pint, Mm -hmm. but I'd also like my risk of catching COVID to be 0%. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we want pubs to be around after this, but we also want Bob to be around after this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. it, it's all well and good the pub's been around after this, but if we're all dead and can't go in them... Yeah, exactly. Then the pubs will go anyway, really. 
won't they? It's crazy. So, yeah. I saw somebody. Uh, so we're we're back to the herd mentality thing thing again, aren't we? People are starting to yeah. bleat about that, which I thought the majority of the public were doing anyway. To be fair, going to festivals and protests and yep. shit like that. Uh, there's only like us three that haven't been. And uh, <laughs> so this guy last night was on about on Twitter. He's like, "Oh, people should go to the movies. This is going to be around till September next year." So which RC plugged that out of? I do not know. But apparently, it's going to be around till next September, not August, not October, September. So it'll end. I then. think it's going to be uh, further than that. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think he meant lockdowns yeah, even, and stuff, though. Yeah, because I mean, even if they come up with a, you know, kind of, you know, basically the the you know, anti serum kind of thing for it. Yeah. You know, basically a vaccine. How long is it going to take to produce enough for the world's population? Exactly. Quite or well, quite okay, well. let, let's lower that. How long will it take to produce enough for the population of the US or the UK yeah. or France or Spain? It take a couple of weeks to to take care of Luxembourg. To be fair, because that's quite small anyway. But so maybe start off small. Liechtenstein. That would do. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not much of a drinker, so I don't really. I've never touched that <laughs> stuff. But but it's well, oh, you know, well, Andorra. I'm sure some some. Uh, Barmy uh, world leader could um, already say, you know, we have uh, successfully uh, vaccinated everybody on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll just be injecting Trump's blood into ourselves within six months anyway, because <laughs> he's super immune. And apparently it's not as bad as flu, according to that, which uh, is, is horse crap, because Twitter then violated his tweet that said it. So well done, Twitter. Thank you very much for that. I, I think but, they'll uh, be releasing his blood under the uh, brand name of. Domestos. Yeah, dumbass. Yeah, definitely. Definitely <laughs> should inject himself with that. So what do you think about cinema's closing, Bob? Because I'm not neglecting you. Um, I must admit, I've not heard much about it. Uh, I assume from what Rob was saying, it is purely one chain at the moment. Well, it's kind of, it's one chain, but the chain owns more chains. So it's Cineworld in the UK, but they also own Regal, I believe, in, yeah. in the US. But to be fair, and sorry to cut in there on you, Bob. No, um, uh, any clarification? The when when I read and I've read quite a bit about all this, um, I uh, I do feel that Cineworld was doing it more to try and strong arm the government to get a load of money Mm -hmm. um, because. Entirely the news possible. broke. Cineworld is closing. You know, so many jobs on the line. Blah 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 blah. Um, Cineworld um, head has written to Prime Minister Boris Johnson, and then Cineworld tweets, "We haven't made any definite decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm. it, it, it's only an idea for out. now. Yeah. So um, tell me that's not." You know, give me some money. Well, yeah. guess what? I run a business. Can uh, can somebody give me some money? No. no. So why should you get any? You're that big. You should have had some for a rainy day. The only um, people I feel sorry for are the staff behind the counters. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel sorry for the company because there is ways that cinemas could change their business model. They could yeah. start showing retro movies, you know, like so. Those people who are sitting at home bitching and moaning about, oh, there's no films out, bullshit. There's films out all the time. There's no, there is not a less amount of films now than there was in March. I was say, did you not read? Well, I'm assuming that you haven't read the article that was going on about um, a way to basically continue the judicial system at the moment. And that one, they're on about basically putting the jury into um, the smaller cinema 
kind of, you know, you know, kind of show rooms, if you would. Okay. You know, with a significant space in between them. And you watch the trial live on the big screen. You debate between you and you return your verdict. And you're basically, you're, you're all in the, the cinema, you know, so a cinema that would normally hold 80 people will hold 12. Yeah, of course, distances, yeah. Yeah, and like I say, you, it's a way to keep the judicial system going. And I'm kind of guessing if they do that, they're going to pay out to the cinemas. Yeah, of course the use of Yeah. So, and a hot dog at half time. Right, yeah. yeah. Naturals. Half an hour of adverts before the uh, free trial <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And then if you if you find a person guilty, you just do a sad emoji, like a thumbs down, wouldn't you, for that? <laughs> just on your little Zoom device. Well, this is it. You know, going on the idea of the adverts beforehand, do you get to see kind of, you know, a, a short resume of like five other trials that are coming up soon? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think you do. So it'll be like coming soon. There'll be, so obviously you'll, you'll tailor the movies to a certain um, thing. So if it's a murder trial, you'd get a trailer for Die Hard. Or something like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> so there's, there's ways to do it, but it's just yeah. with, with cinemas though they're effectively just big auditoriums. So have your Q and A things in there. You could socially yeah. distance those. Charge twenty quid a ticket. You've got people distanced. Have a Q and A with movie stars or whatever. Or you could show old movies. But the cinema world were like, oh, Bond's been delayed. We're going to have to close. Really? Because of one film? You're going to have to shut? Your entire business model was relying on one movie <laughs> featuring James Bond. You need to be rethinking your business That's model. That's not a good business model. It's not a good business. <laughs> as much as I like James Bond, if my business relies solely on Bond, I need yeah. to rethink my plans. Rob, we need to have a Zoom call because <laughs> we need yeah. to sort stuff out. Madness. Yep. Absolute but madness. Yeah. But they're the only people I feel sorry for, the actual staff. I don't feel sorry for the people that go to cinemas. I don't feel... Because it's not a necessity, is it? It's a luxury. I don't know. Whereas mm-hmm. life is you know, a bit more of a serious again, thing than... Yeah, I, I put the question out there. Because of the fact that we've been under the effects of COVID since March, April, Yeah. how many new release films are there waiting to go into cinemas? <laughs> no, no. 2021 is it's so stacked at the minute. It, nobody needs to make any films at the minute. Nothing no. nothing needs to be shot. There's a whole year of films waiting to come out next year. It's just yeah. madness. It's crazy. So, I mean, this is it. People um, like Arrow Video, yeah. they should be... They, I'm hoping that they're actually kind of well on the, the cusp of this because... When you think about it, it's the ideal time to be releasing digitally remastered. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, mm. and with extra scenes and you know, extra kind of you know, extra extras. Yep. <laughs> There's yeah. tons. The, the indie market is just. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously not able to film as much, just as oh. the same way the big blockbusters are. But there is so much. I've still not run out of films. I've still not nope. got to the level, the the end level of Netflix or Amazon Prime, or Shudder. I've not completed any of them yet, so yep. we're still doing okay. Well, but. again, how many people... I mean, there's going to be people out there that don't have access to Netflix, Amazon Prime, etc. Yep. So, if the cinemas are that kind of strapped for cash, mm-hmm. why not make some kind of deal with them and start mm-hmm. showing some of the kind of shorter series that have been real big hits. 
the sad thing is though, and it's like so the studios don't want to release any films because there's not enough people in the cinema to make them their hundreds of millions of dollars back. The cinemas are closing because James Bond's not coming out because because the studios aren't giving them the product to get the people in. The people don't want to go into the cinema because they don't because want because they don't want to die. No matter how good the film is, I mean, Top Gun Two. I might risk death to watch Top Gun Two, but about that, and and then <laughs> so you've all that dwindles. But the, and the I think the really sad thing is you could put we could all you know all three of us name some really fantastic indie films, and if we put them in the cinema, nobody'd go watch them because they're not a Marvel film, they're not a Disney film, they're not a franchise, they're not a sequel. They're not, yeah. you know, they haven't got, Good point. they haven't got brand recognition, and yeah. so it's everybody's fault. It's the audiences. It's uh, it's madness, absolute madness. I mean, I've been watching Grimfest stuff all week, and I have seen, I think, about ten or eleven films that Grimfest are showing. That's up and running now. So Grimfest are, as we do this podcast, they're they're on with the virtual festival, and That's every cool. film I've seen, bar one has been an absolute gem. One of them I watched last night, which was just freaking weird, and that's why I, I'm putting that one as the, maybe that's not a gem, because it was just so damn odd. <laughs> I can't quite work yeah. it out. But all the other stuff I've seen has been amazing. It's all been relatively low budget, but it doesn't show that it's low budget. It's had a unique enough storyline that's kept me interested. And it's, uh, yeah, but if you put them in a, a view or a cine world... A lot of people wouldn't go and watch them because they're not a Fast and the Furious, a James Bond, a Star Wars, or a Marvel movie. You know, you remember the, the years of the video shop. Well, you know, you could yes. put you could put twenty copies of Die Hard Four in or whatever, and they would rent their socks off. But you put yeah. five copies of Leon, a couple of copies of Shawshank Redemption. Nobody touches them unless you physically go take that home, go away, watch it, come back, tell me how great it was. <laughs> yep similar sort of thing oh somebody right ran to boot and it's great <laughs> but this is it i mean again taking it with that simile that you've just given the video shop yeah you know how you know in those days you'd go in and if you had a decent one like you know yours was mm-hmm. you know i'd go in and you'd know what i liked watching yeah you'd come up with suggestions mm-hmm. who does that with cinema yeah, uh, the only people that do that with cinema are the film magazines, but the f- well, generally the film magazines will always have a Fast and the Furious, a Marvel or Disney exactly. thing on the cover because they get flown out to the film sets. They get the big yep. oh look, go on this press junket and speak to Robert Downey Jr. and all these awesome people. Yeah, we'll sitting. give you these freebies if you put us on the front cover. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, so and it's sellout. things like that. But uh, <laughs> but then also it's the audience. You know, would would. Yep. Would somebody who buys uh, movie magazines go into a news agents and go, "Oh, look, Allies is on the cover"? Sadly, they probably wouldn't. It's a very good film, but they probably wouldn't. But you yeah. put Vin Diesel on there with his nice new single. If you've not heard Vin Diesel's new single, my God, treat yourself. I'm being sarcastic. It's terrible. Um, he has actually made one as well. Uh, feel <laughs> feel like I do. Go on YouTube later. I'll put Vin Diesel. Feel like I do. Listen to it. That's proof that the guy can't sing. He's uh, his voice has been manipulated and everything. But you put oh. you put him on the cover, people will buy it. Yeah, mental. Welcome to commercialism. Welcome to commercialism, which is why I publicise all the stuff I do because nobody pays me 
<laughs> don't get yeah. you know, it's like I don't make money for anything uh, telling us it is exactly so I'll tell you whether a film's good or I'll ignore it if it's not so there we go so that's cinemas so how are you Bob what's your I'm not too bad what's your week been like I was half asleep until about 20 minutes ago now I'm fully awake now it's great thank you guys <laughs> ah, uh, I'm I'm basically suffering from on call Oh, so uh, yeah, so that's annoying. But uh, luckily, it only lasts for a week at a time. Yes, and <laughs> so, and then when are you back on call? Once this week's over, then I've got a three-week break, and then on call again for a week, and then three-week break ad nauseum. Aha. So yeah, so got that. Um, got the usual thing. I'm sure that all of us suffer from this one, which is dealing with idiots. Oh, I get paid for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get paid for that's it. what I do yeah, as well. That's but, how yeah. I make my money. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there's one in particular at the moment. I'm not going to ma- mention any names or what, but it, literally, yeah, um, <laughs> hit with a stupid stick. Uh oh. <laughs> so there you go. That's great. <laughs> so other than dealing with stupid people. Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, I mean, I, I've won a bet with my daughter. Oh, what was the Ooh. what was the bet? <laughs> well, uh, again, this it's not a good one to win in a way. <laughs> but um, up until the beginning of last week, they were basically on lockdown from school. Yes, someone in their year had basically tested positive. So it was there. You go two weeks off school. Yeah, you do your schoolwork from home on the internet and all this and blah blah blah. So last Monday, as in a week ago Monday, they went back in. And, of course, last weekend I had her over for, uh, you know, one, my usual weekend with her. And I joked with her. I said, oh, so you've not been kind of furloughed from school again? Yeah. It's because, no, no, not yet. Said, my money's on it being kind of, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. I got a message from her today. Said, you win. We're back home today. <laughs> How long for so, for two weeks? Don't know. It didn't say, but it's literally a case of um, from what I've read on social media from some of the other school-run mums. Yeah. Apparently, what has happened, and or it's correction, allegedly, what has happened is someone with a family that a member has tested positive. Yeah has basically sent the kid into school knowing that. But surely, though, according to the official sources, the virus doesn't doesn't go near children. I thought it stays away from children. <laughs> yeah, th- there is a magic bubble around schools, mm. and once you enter that bubble, much like a sci-fi force field... Yeah, that's what I <laughs> thought. That's it. That's what I thought. So I think somebody's just using that as an excuse, Bob, to get some time off school. I'm not saying Emily is, but this this other family or whatever. Because the oh. wow, the world is strange. But yeah, so yeah, I, I <laughs> seven days in and back off. So yeah, I, I won the bet. What was, what was other people were reckoning three weeks a month? What uh, was the bet? Was it just an invisible bet? Just an invisible so bet. You but do, I said, you ah, do it's the gonna... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, but so. Uh, I would say I'm happy for that, but I'm not. I'm happy to have won a bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to end up with a told you so dance. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Annette's got one of them. She really has. Yeah, she's got a told yeah. you so dance. She's got a told you so dance and a smug face, which I often see the smug face. 
but uh, the Told You So dance I've not seen for quite a while. But uh, also on a virus update as well, if you are a lady getting your hair cut in a hair salon, especially in the one in my town, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you wow. are if you are a man, then or or the person cutting the hair, then you do have to wear a mask. So that's a new what? That's a new thing. Twice. Oh, I went and got my hair cut the the other week. And it yeah. was um, it was an interesting experience. I was there for quite a while, and I believe they probably used a hedge trimmer. To be fair, and uh, I wore <laughs> I wore a mask all the way through. The person cutting my hair wore the mask all the way through. There was two women in there having their, their you know the hair pampered. They did not wear masks. And oh. Annette and I were walking past the same hairdresser today, and we looked in, and the hairdressers were wearing masks, and two different women were having their hair done, and neither of them had masks on. So that must be a new rule as well, just to add to the confusion why? one. Depending on your gender, depends whether you have to wear a mask if you get your hair done or not. But why are shops not following the government rules of anyone that comes in has got to wear a mask? Exactly. And Annette's, yeah. Annette's daughter is a hairdresser. And she says that she makes people wear masks when they come in. Yeah. Because if yeah. if somebody comes in and doesn't wear a mask, A, they could get sick. But B, if they get caught, it's a two grand fine. Two thousand well, pound fine. If I was a hairdresser and someone walked in, I'd ask them to put a mask on. And if yeah. they didn't, I'd call the police. I'd just yeah, call the police, get them out, boot them out. Yeah, it's a case of, look, you know, you're endangering my livelihood and life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you're meant to be wearing a mask. You've got a, a potential X pounds fine. Yep. Talk to them guys. The guy, the boys in blue. It? Madness. Yeah. Absolute madness. Yeah. So apparently that's a new rule, which I didn't know. So many new rules for this viral thing. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, they change weekly. And my personal favourite is the one where you could go out to a cafe or a restaurant where you wear a mask unless you're eating your food. In which case, you take your mask off, eat your food, then put your mask on when you go out. What is all that oh, yeah. about? I've seen them do that through the the cafes in my town. They're like they'll go in with a mask, they'll sit down, then they take it off to eat the food. You're like, what? Why? What's the matter with you? I don't. Well, un- they don't understand question- viruses, do they? Ah, question for you on that then. Yeah. Said cafes that you've seen this in. Yep. Have they moved the tables so that they're a safe distance? Well, the, the one I walked past last week, the table was right next to the door, and this this couple in their fifties were just sitting eating the food, neither wearing masks. And don't get me, I'm not that daft that you can eat a meal wearing a mask. I know it's a bit complicated, yeah. but it's um, no, the tables weren't. They look kind of distance to each other, but the positioning in the shops are not great. It's like having a smoking yeah. shelter at an entrance. It makes no exactly. sense. It's just right up there with that one. Oh. It's madness. That's, that's people why people wonder why we don't go into these places. People wonder why the virus number's going up. It's like, yeah. duh. <laughs> Schools are open. Uni students are all hanging around with each other and stuff. They're all kicking off because yeah. they've gone back to uni by choice, uh, and then they're all they're all being sick. It's crazy. No, they haven't gone back to uni by choice. Have they've they been not? told they've got to. But I'd be like, no. And then once they've got there, they've been locked up. Board. The lockdown. Thank, thanks for your nine grand. We're locking you up. <laughs> well, listen, it's just so that the people running the, um, you know, kind of the halls of residence or you know, digs can make some money. Yeah, but sh- but shouldn't we, we as humans, and I'm sure all, all of us three do, you need to take ownership of it all. So it was like the other week when we were potentially, I mean, we as in I, we're we're going to have to go back into the office. So we caused yeah. that much of a, a stink, but on the right side of. You know, not being able to get sacked or anything, uh, to make them look into it all, 
and then we didn't have to go back into the office. And Annette, oh, well done. Annette was due to go back into the office next week, and now she doesn't have to. So it's, you, you know, just because somebody like Bob, you have to do this. All right. Um, yeah. Where does it be- well, where does it become? I'm not doing that because it's dangerous for my health. Begin. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is it. It's a case of one of the ones that I've got to feel sorry for. Um, a friend of mine. Well, you know him, Stuart. Uh, Jim. Yes. His daughter has just this year started university, so she's gone off for Freshers' Week and all this. And, of course, I, I've not talked to him since, but I'm kind of guessing she's locked down in halls of residence there. Yeah. Um, if it was a second-year student, I could understand them, as you say, you know, taking matters into their own hands and saying, look, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. But as a fresher, you've got to get there first. You know, you've never been before. You could end up losing your whole place there. Mind you, on the opposite side, you could end up losing your life. Yeah, exactly. That's the the thing, isn't it? By the yeah. way, we want you to we want you to go into the uni or want you to go into the office. No, why not? Because I'm living in a hot spot. The numbers are this. This is what could happen if I go in. I'm not doing it. Well, you've got to. No, I don't. Mm. Yes, you do. Put it in writing, please. That you're trying to force me to go into a virus hot zone, and I'll print it yep. out. Thank you. It's about, I suppose not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like, screw, screw the establishment. I'm going to battle with you. But I know I am, and Rob, you are, and Bob, you most certainly are. If, if backed into a corner, you will just oh, like, fight. Exactly. Yeah. Tooth and nail. All three of us are. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh. So uh, I know what sort of week you've had, Rob, but we, so we shall discuss that. Uh, mm-hmm. How has your week been? Do tell. Um, <clears throat> my week has been um, been different. Um, I uh, sadly, well, sadly lost a friend um, who both of you will have at least seen about at Sci-Fi Wales, which was um, Kane. Um, you have known him because he had a big ginger afro. He did. And he was like a—he was like six foot tall, wasn't he? He was a tall dude, but taller than me, basically. Everybody taller than me is six it, foot. Odd. Well, wasn't he? He wasn't, but with his afro, probably. Right, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, so sorry, um, I shouldn't laugh, but you can laugh. No, at, no, no, you, you can you, laugh at an afro. But you've afro, got to. you've got to laugh yeah. at afros, Bob. It's the law. It's one of the, the laws nowadays in this country. I think. Afro. No. Afro. Um, he uh, he sadly passed away on um, the the twentieth of September last month, oh. um, and um, he he was thirty years old and he passed away of COVID. Um, and I think I've said to you, Stuart, anybody who believes that lockdown isn't needed and yeah. these things, um, you know. It's just the same as the flu, you know. Feel free to send me a message because I'll quite happily have an argument with you. Um, yeah. Um, when it comes to Kane, he was he was one of my closest friends before lockdown. We'd um, he'd come over weekly. We'd watch TV, laugh, joke, um, take silly selfies together, and all that kind of stuff as you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, his. 
his memorial and funeral was on Monday. So because of lockdown restrictions, um, there's only so many people who's al- who are allowed into the church. Um, so that was pretty much reserved for, for family. So um, his his wife, uh, along with um, his two young children and also his two older stepchildren, they um, planned a balloon release in uh, in Colwyn Bay on the beach. Okay. And um, they got these helium balloons and the, the little kids had written letters to their daddy and tied oh. to the balloons. And, um, you know, um, the balloons, me, balloons yeah, some of her friends, um, some of his friends kind of turned up and we just stood there watching um, these balloons soar into the air. And uh, it was lovely. So we know, we know that Kane helped at Sci-Fi Wales. He did. So what did Kane do? At Sci-Fi Wales, then what? What were your? What did you go right, Kane? Here's your duties. This is what you're doing today. Well, go do them. Well, at Sci-Fi Wales, a lot of people would have met Kane as they entered the building, yep. because Kane, along with my wife and a few people from Venue Cymru, were on the front door um, checking tickets and that kind of stuff. So, Kane's kind of first half of his day pretty much um, was there. So that's why a lot of people got to see him. Um, after that. Um, he was usually moved um, into uh, the main hall where the traders are mm-hmm. um, and um, depending on who was there because he was a big wrestling fan um, I was used to let him kind of um, <laughs> kind of patrol that area because it was something that he enjoyed um, there, there was um, one year um, with a particular wrestler um, where he was so excited about it that he even helped the wrestling crew carry in the ring, set it up, and carry it out again at the end of the day. Nice. Wow. So, uh, but he was one of those guys that, you know, whatever you asked him to do, he would do. Um, he always managed to bring a smile to somebody's face, you know, partly because of the hair, partly because of the way he dressed, because if you saw him outside of Sci-Fi Wales, he was the one who always had the bright pink T-shirt on with, you know, the the bright green trainers and you know he, he was that kind of dresser but he did it smartly and it made people smile um and i think that's what people are going to remember about him you know just this larger than life personality that that could kind of you know walk into a room and everybody would look and smile and you know he'd quite happily talk to anyone I will get you all the sci-fi whales footage, as in like the floor footage, all the outtakes yeah. and stuff, because he is probably in there somewhere. That would be nice. I did. Um, I've already um, gone through the photos and picked mm-hmm. the ones out that he appeared in, yeah. um, because we're doing a, um, you know, these printed um, photo albums where it's yeah. like it's like a book but printed. We're doing that for his children, okay. um, because obviously. You know, his children are very young and hard as it sounds that they're not going to have very many memories of the dad. So they're going to rely on photos. They're going to rely on stories from people. So, um, you know, we've asked for for people if they've got photos of him to kind of pass them along and we're going to include them in this uh, album. So that'd be great. Thank you. Not a problem. Well, over the next few days, you'll probably receive a big ton of we transfer <laughs> emails from me. So enjoy going through that lot. Uh, there's there's all good. sorts of stuff in there. There's a lot of it. You've probably never even seen a lot of it. I've probably never even seen. 
scenes. So, you know, there we go. Yeah, so. and uh, I think my latest project is um, I've decided in his uh, in his memory, I'm making my very own Kane custom Funko Pop um, box and all. That the Funko Pop will be 3D printed. It will be finished and painted, and uh, a custom box will be made. And uh, he will always be with me. He will. Uh, that is gonna. You've not quite thought this through, though, because you're gonna make a pop figure. It's gonna cost you a lot for that afro. Well, <laughs> so maybe a bit of a Kickstarter campaign might be needed. I think for the afro part, anyway. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, who was the favourite person he met at Sci-Fi? Other than obviously me and you, because we would be the top um, Bob, obviously, but. Because he liked wrestling, there was a, a wrestler one year called uh, Tyson T-Bone. Um, and, that was my um, porn name back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, um, he'd wrestled for WWE before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the person that he was kind of really uh, thrilled about meeting. And he got an autograph and obviously, like I say, helped bring in the, the wrestling ring and um, kind of dismantle it and carry it out again, which is great, you know, because I'm sure everybody there who uh, whose job it was to actually do that, you know, loved getting Just free help. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, that that was Kane. And, and the thing is... Um, he wasn't necessarily a huge science fiction fan, but that just showed what kind of person he was because mm. he was more than willing to help out and uh, on the days and just, you know, give it his all and, you know, make people happy and smile. He was a Rob fan. Think about that. He one. was. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it, it, I have to say, um, posting about it on on uh, Sci-Fi Wales on social media and everything, yeah. it's nice to see likes and comments by people like tina simmons charlie bond and and that kind of thing was, it's nice there, when yes there was a the celebrities actually you know as well kind of show their human side and the, the re, that they're real people and you know have sympathy for for kind of his friends and family and there was a lot of comments because yeah i think you've made me part of an admin or whatever for sci-fi Wales. so every time somebody comments on something for sci-fi Wales, it bips up on my phone and there were mm-hmm. a lot. Bing! Oh, what's that? Another comment, another tribute. So there were mm-hmm. there were a lot on there. So it was good to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where when you hear about COVID on the news, yeah, it's always put to older people. You know what I mean? Oh, there's no, yeah, there's, there's there's nothing, nothing going to happen to you when you're young and fit and healthy. Well, he was young, fit and healthy. He had no underlying health issues. And, uh, yeah, he, from what the news say at the moment, wouldn't have even qualified for uh, for the vaccine because they're yeah. still talking about um, over 50s. So, but it just shows, you know, you can be any age and that's why yeah, people need to actually, you know, sit up, take notice. And um, well, I was going to say the number of ones that I've read of young nurses mm-hmm. that have passed. Like you say, you know, again, similar to your friend, they've got young families, Mm -hmm. you know, and people are treating it as a joke still. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I saw somebody and 
because I've got a mix of people from the UK and people from outside the UK. And somebody had posted something. So over the past week, it's like in Trump stuff, wasn't it? So Trump v. Biden, you see all that. And then you see the COVID stuff, and sometimes there's a crossover. And somebody had posted in reply to somebody else's comment saying that, that we were born without masks. We came into this world without masks. We don't need masks and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what the frick? How could people still think that now? And then, of course, there were lots Stupid of people attention. that then replied saying, well, we were born without uh, born without shoes. Yeah, I see yeah. people wearing shoes. Why are we wearing shoes? And then I, I can't remember what I put. I think I put glasses or whatever. We were born without glasses. Why do we have glasses? I see people wearing glasses. I see old people wearing glasses. It's just, and then you just, ah, people just annoy we me. We were born without assault rifles. Yeah, we were. We were born without Netflix and all. And other, mm. other streaming platforms are available. But, uh, yeah, Facebook. Ugh. Very strange. Um, odd. So uh, it has been a uh, a busy week for you, Rob. Also a sad week as well. But, uh, it has. It, w- it was the first time as well that I've pretty much been out during lockdown. Um, I did make sure I uh, I had face mask, even though I wasn't even anywhere near two meters to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I still wore a face mask when I was out, and that was out in um, in the natural air, not not indoors in confined spaces um so uh so yeah outside's quite big isn't it i went out the other month it's like whoa i where where's the walls gone i can't find any (laughs) it's so we've become so acclimatized you just staying in our houses for the most uh -hmm. and i'm all right with that to be fair because there's just stupid people outside there is of them um there is um and uh I'm sure, you know, Kane would have, well, he was one of those people that, you know, he cared as well. He, he worked as a cleaner, um, at Tesco Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he was one of the people who said, I can't stay at home because I've got a job to do. Um, but it was an important job. He was trying to keep other people safe. So, how do I follow that one up? I'm not chucking any funny comments or anything in. It's grim. Uh, Bob, make make a joke. No, don't make a joke. What have you watched? Bob, let's... Right, so, Rob, right, it's betting time now. Has Bob watched any movies? (laughs) What do you reckon? I don't... don't. Uh, Are we going to, you know, (sighs) quickly send messages back and forth and see who wins? Mm, Possibly. I don't know. I, I think he's watched something, but he's watched something that he's seen before... I think he's watched a classic film of some sorts. That's going to be. I, my I think he he's watched a film. I'll agree with you there. But I also think he's probably done more reading than watching. Bob always does more reading. We can we yeah. can talk about Bob like he's not even here because he's not. He's not speaking. <laughs> to him. Oh, he's laughing. He's back now. <laughs> so Bob, that's because he's been off reading. The book. <laughs> he's been off. He's probably read two books in the time that we've done this <laughs> podcast. So Bob, have you watched anything? Yes, I've watched two movies. Um, you're sort of right. Okay. Um, one that I consider a classic. Uh-huh. What's that? Which one? Um, Dances with Wolves. Ooh, which oh, no, which version? Oh, the long the four one. four-hour one, yep. Yes, of course. Yes. I don't think I've got the other. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that, and um, uh, I just got a bit bored at one point and decided... 
I'm going to watch something a bit more action At the same time, I'm watching Dazzle Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, basically a case of uh, one that I'd, I'd not watched for a while, so you're right, but it's one I've watched before. Okay. I don't know whether you would class it as a classic. We shall find so that is SWAT. Yeah, no, I wouldn't class that as a classic. No, it's a good film, though. But it's, no, yeah, it's not. It was, it was action. Yes. Yeah, what can it's I say? Colin Farrell one, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. right, it's good. I've only seen it once, but I enjoyed it. It's all right. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, Samuel L. Yes. So how far did you get into Dancing with Wolves then? Like nine hours or something? Because God knows, it is a slow. I it's the a full thing. All right, you watch still. It's a yeah. good film. It's a it's a very good. Uh, if you've seen it before, watch it all in one sitting. <laughs> I've watched it over like eight consecutive nights. <laughs> Turn sometimes though. I like doing that with films. Turning it into a mini series. I do. I, I've uh, mm. I've been doing that with the Mission Impossible films lately. I've just been watching them over like a two week period, and they kind of work because I've seen them up before. But uh, yeah. So did you watch? That's it. You can do it with something you've seen before. Yeah, of course. Because you sort of you know. You, as you're watching it, it's coming back to you and you think, we're coming up to a place where you can kind of realistically take a break. Yeah. It's, so it's case, right, you know, pause, stop, you know, go off and do something. Especially with Dance with Wolves, it's like, oh, we're coming to that bit when he stands around and looks at sunset, so I'll stop it then. <laughs> oh, you make it sound like CSI Miami. It pretty much is. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if he had sunglasses on. Did, uh, he did. It did cost no, but. <laughs> Uh, no, I do like Dads with Wolves. It's it's not one of those films you go, do you know what? It's 11 o'clock at night. I'm in the mood to watch a film. Let's put that on. <laughs> it's more yeah, I'm not a, planning on going to bed tonight. It's a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> 2 o'clock sort of film, isn't it? Let's watch yes. that in the daytime. And, you know, I'm wide awake, so I will make it to the end. But it is a good film. I do like it. Is that one you've seen, Rob? It is. Oh, good, because uh, we've not sold it well. It's <laughs> one of my favourites, actually. Good. And, um, good man. Good. It's um, it's a film that brings back memories because um, going back to my school days, um, our history teacher, when we were learning about um, Native Americans, um, our history teacher went off ill. So we had a substitute in and obviously a substitute is paid to partner video and that's it. So um, this substitute decided, well, you you, were scheduled to watch Dances with Wolves at some time. So I'll put that on. And um, obviously you get, you know, 40 minutes through it and that's the end wow. of, of your lesson. So the next week, same substitute teacher's back. <laughs> right, have we watched Dances with Wolves? No, sir. Right, so there it starts again from the beginning. Oh, oh no. no. And this happened for about six weeks. And he must have known. He, can't, he couldn't have been that daft. But every week... Have we started the that? First 40 no, minutes. sir. We watched the first forty minutes for about six weeks running. No, wow. so you, that's you, I wouldn't mind, but that's not even the best bit by a long way. You get to see that wonderful scene where the guy's like, "I pissed myself, and nobody cares," <laughs> and then shoots himself in the head. You're like, uh, "Can we get to the Native American bit, please? Because can we get to like Tatanka and you know Buffalo and and all that sort of stuff? Can yeah. we get to that bit, please?" Nope, never. <laughs> People were, uh, I remember that, because that was quite a big video rental back in the day, and then people would watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right, and then see Dads with Wolves going, ooh, I love that one, because I like Robin Hood, you're like, it's not the same film, <laughs> it's really, if you're expecting <laughs> Alan Rickman and, you know, big uh, bow and arrow fights and stuff like that, you're you're not really going to get it with Dancing no. with Wolves, but, uh, so that was quite funny. So dep- it's more of a social statement. It is, it's more of a big tapestry, isn't it? It's uh, it is mm-hmm. a cracking film to watch, but good choice, it's a very interesting double bill 
SWAT and Dance yes. with Wolves, but that's good. <laughs> but they're both good films, so you get opposite ends of the spectrum. Thumbs up for <laughs> both of those. So, ah, thank you, Rob. What have you What have you got on your watch list? Right. Well, um, you did mention Mission Impossible, I did. and um, this might come as a shock to you. I have never seen a Mission <gasps> Impossible film what? until oh. the last few weeks. Oh. Now my brain's now going. Which one did he watch first? Because this. This this is this be an interesting one. I watched the first one okay. because that made sense in my That's head. That's good. Yeah, no, I'm with, good. Yeah, I'm with Rob on good that. Good choice. I was thinking like um, I watched number four. You'd be like, you don't even know who these people are, then, do you? Really? What's going on? <laughs> the the thing is, I I started watching this uh, this film, and I'm going. That's the worst acting ever. <gasps> have, you seen, have you seen that person who died? That oh oh Emil, Emilio know, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He just can't act, you know. I could do better, and I'm not an actor, and I'm not. And even if I was, I wouldn't be a good one. But I can do better than that. And uh, yeah, until everything kind of dropped and fell in place. <laughs> but um, I, I'm still not sure because I don't think it ages too well. If no. I'm going to move on to the later ones, the, the, and I will get to the Mission Impossible films because over the past week I have watched two, three, and four again. And I've seen five and six, so I will give you a little bit of a, a rundown on Mission Impossible. You can Impossible. tell me yes. if um, that is worth me yeah. continuing with, or should I just skip right to the last one? I will one? indeed. Continue. Yeah. I'll definitely continue. Uh, but yeah, what else are you watching? <laughs> so what were your thoughts on Mission But other than the bad acting, or the fact it looked um, a little bit dated? Yeah, that that kind of thing. <laughs> that that's, like, that's all you've honest. got to say about it. It's dated and the <laughs> acting sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is before Tom Cruise became the sort of Tom Cruise that Bob now likes. Bob wasn't yes. a massive fan of Tom Cruise, and I would probably think that, I can't remember what year Collateral was, but I think it was before, it was, Collateral was after Mission Impossible 1, so I think Bob probably wouldn't have been a fan of uh, Tom at this time, so. Um, I, thought I did like the original. I did, I like it, but it is very, I'll agree with Rob 100%, it is very dated, and if you were oh, yeah. to ask me to rank the Mission Impossible movies, number one would be extremely low down the list, if not at the bottom. Yeah. So I don't. Where would you put it in the list, Bob? If you were ranking, I'd probably put it yeah near the bottom. But it, it it's still one that, I mean, like I say, I can remember watching the TV series. So yeah, you, know, you had to sort of watch it just to see what they'd done, and I thought they'd played on it very well in a way mm. and like say you know you've got the whole bit with john voight and what have you so yeah, yeah. mr kittrick you've never seen me upset <laughs> red light green light <laughs> yep so yes so what else have you watched rob we'll move on from Emma. um i have watched uh the new netflix series jurassic world camp cretaceous it's a uh, an animated series um for for people who love jurassic world and jurassic park mm-hmm. um me and Addy watched it together, and we both thought it was actually fantastic. Um, if you like your animation um, and you like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, you will absolutely love this cartoon series, and you'll be like uh, we are. You'll you'll just kind of blast through uh, the first season and just be dying for the, the second or third. Is it <laughs> set within the world of Jurassic Park? And by that, I mean, has, has it, it got is. like? an animated Sam Neill or Jeff Goldblum or any of those characters that we're familiar with or is it totally new? No, uh, it's a totally new story. We don't see um, characters that we know. Um, it, it's, it's 
it sounds worse than it is when you watch it. So um, Camp Cretaceous, you imagine um, one of these American um, summer camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they decided to stick it on Jurassic Brilliant. World. Sounds like a British government <laughs> idea, to be fair. Yeah, cl- clever idea. You Thanks, know. Boris. Um, you know. Free food well, for the Jurassic. Yeah, you've got, got these teams you, you want to get rid of, obviously. Yeah. Um, where do you, what do you do as parents? I'll send them off to uh, Jurassic Park. That work. Um, so, yeah, um, that gives you an idea of where it's going. So, um, yeah, we've got summer camp in Jurassic Park, but it is very good and it's worth watching. What sort of animation is it? Is You know, as in the style, could you compare it to anything? Um, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of your standard um, computer-generated cartoon right. of, of today. Okay. May, so may uh, so yeah, but but watch it. It's it's worth a watch. Okay. Yep. Um, I've also watched uh, the finale of The Walking Dead season ten. Finally, Me too. yeah, I've watched I believe that. that's something that you've seen as well. Stuart. I have indeed. Yep. Um, and that didn't disappoint. Uh, I was very happy. I'm just a bit sad that next Monday. There's not going to be another one following it on. It finished in like April, didn't it? And it's like we get one episode. Yeah. It's like, that's it till next April, guys and girls. You're like, what? That's not yeah. fair. It was, uh, I'm so glad they did a recap at the beginning, though. They're like, mm-hmm. this is what happened. What they did on the one I watched, anyway. And it's like, thanks for that, because I could not remember. I'm getting confused with the Walking Dead universe now, because there's three series on the go. <laughs> and it's not, and they're all on different timelines, which is just confusing. So you've got The Walking Dead that started off 10 years ago, but has done a couple of time jumps. So we're probably now about 18, 19 years or something after the initial outbreak. Or I'd, oh God knows, I don't know. And then you've got Fear the Walking Dead, which started at the beginning of the outbreak. So we got to see the actual outbreak, which was great. And then around season four, that does a time jump of however long. I don't know. And then you've got Walking Dead, a world beyond, or as I like to call it, Dawson's Creek with zombies that's just started and that is 10 <laughs> years after the outbreak and so it's all confusing you're like I don't know when and the only the, the best explanation I got was from Rob going I reckon that World Beyond is when Andrew Lincoln left the show so that's my only thing of when the show is is Rob you've mm-hmm. bailed me out with that it's like now it makes more sense but we've just discovered this week that the, the new uh, uh, Dawson's Creek with zombies or whatever is Dawson's Walking Creek. I'm gonna call it is yeah. it's only going to be a two season limited series and then it's done. So you're like, why am I watching that? I'm done. I'm all right. I'm yeah. good. I'm not investing in a program. They go, yeah, we're just gonna get rid of it. I'm I have right. skips, uh, you know, series for let for well for more. So yeah, or less. So have I. I'm not sure which way I'm going with this now, but yeah, you know, you, you you'll sit down and you go, oh, this this is coming on. Oh, it was cancelled after season three. <laughs> I won't bother then. You know, so so now we're being being told that this is purposely cancelled yep. after season two. Two season limited <laughs> season limited means like ten episodes or eight episodes, and uh, and then it's done. So I'm like, but I do okay. think it follows from uh, from my whole idea of the series is it's pretty much there mm. to set up the Rick Grimes movie well, trilogy. Well, um, I was so. I was chatting too because this these are the circles I move in. I was chatting to Pollyanna McIntosh the other day on a virtual 
Q and A thing that I just jumped in and hijacked, and they were talking. Pollyanna, they were to- when are you free next? Uh, we can shoot a podcast around you. Come oh, on, exactly. So she was. Uh, she's had a little haircut off as well. She's got it really, really short suits her um, because she is off yeah. to do, and I don't know which series it is, but she's going to Ireland, and she's going to be playing a real life queen. And as she actually said it, she said, it'll be nice to play a real queen and not the queen of the dump, <laughs> which made me laugh. <laughs> um, but somebody had asked her about the Walking Dead films, and she said, well, at the minute, I don't know anything about what's going on. Uh, I know they're shooting a new series, but I don't know when that's about. So I jumped in with exactly the thing that Rob told me and palmed it off as my own information. <laughs> I'm like, well, Pollyanna, <laughs> as far as I can tell, I believe it's set around the time that you and Rick uh, disappeared in a helicopter. She went, brilliant, thanks for that. So, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's no there's no new updates on that one. But, it's uh, but yeah, she's off to shoot some sort of series that she can't talk about, which plays a real queen. So I think that's why she's got her hair sh- sort of clipped off and stuff. So mm. that was interesting. Historical or? Well, it's a, I think it is because she said it was a real life queen. And I wonder if it's going to be something like Boudicca or, you know, I don't know. Maeve. But I will, you know, if it's in Ireland, it could be Maeve. I will, it could be a Game of Thrones prequel, isn't it? They've just cast Paddy Considine, no. haven't they? But I don't know, Game of Thrones isn't real, is it? Um, no. So, yeah, they The dragons are real, Bob. Tell me it's not true. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was that one. Uh, so, yeah, what did you think of World Beyond then, Rob? Um, I really enjoyed it because. Um, I've always had the question since Rick di- disappeared in a helicopter of who's this organization? What are they doing? How have they got helicopters that are working? Yeah. Um, and all the other questions that go along with it. So I think this um, series uh, and ever, ever more now with it being limited to, to two seasons is all about giving us all the backstory on that organization before we kind of get, Rick Grimes back on screen uh, as he takes them all down, and I think Bob's like, I don't care about any of that zombie shit. I'm going to watch. I'm going to rewatch Boston Legal. Um, a quick update: There is a guy on Twitter who's who's watching Boston Legal for the first time. He is way way into it now, and he he actually tweeted earlier today. He loves the relationship between Denny Crane and Alan Shore. So, um, well done, Kevin. You're doing well. There you go. So, what else you watch, Rob? Um, I have watched uh, a movie, Ray. and I have to say it is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, it comes from a franchise that I love, and that movie is Terminator Dark Fate. What? Hang on, did you just say you loved the movie? I okay, did. This will be an interesting conversation. Get some popcorn, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Do tell. What what's more to uh, to want? We've got original cast back. We've well, well one, of, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two and um, you know, I liked the twist that you know we we've got rid of Skynet and um, the the world has thrown as a curveball and brought in a different AI mm-hmm. to uh, to try and take over. That just so happened to have obviously Skynet's plans, so they can build similar. Um, machines and uh, yeah what's not to like I loved the Sarah Connor Chronicles Same. I've loved pretty much all the Terminator movies even though so many people you know after Terminator 2 have absolutely hated them you know I have to say I'm loyal I don't mind that feel free to message me <laughs> I don't care 
I, uh, Dark Fate wasn't as bad as everybody made because it came out in cinema. And it's like once again James Cameron comes out of the woodwork going, "Oh, I've, I'm helping making this one." No, you're not. You just signed your name on it, and put a check on it. You get you get paid for it. Don't <laughs> worry about it. This is going to be the franchise back to the way it was. It's going to be the best one. Yeah, you've been saying that for previous three films. Thanks for that. And then cinema audiences kind of bitched and moaned and complained as they generally do about how terrible it was. So I watched it, and it wasn't terrible. Uh, I, I did enjoy it. There was a lot of really good stuff. The action scenes were amazing. They were really good. And but, and who can't love Arnold Schwarzenegger? Um, you know, coming to your home and and kind of measuring up your curtains and your yeah, that, I, I quite like that aspect where he just become like a, <laughs> a reprogrammed home help, hadn't he? It's just like yeah. I'll take the bins out. You're like you're supposed to be a Terminator, for God's sake. Uh, yeah. You, no, Alexa's got nothing on all. The, uh, the, oh, we've got Edward Furlong back again was a bit of a cop-out. It's like, uh, <laughs> you say you've got him back, you've got him on a computer, haven't you? That's a CGI, Edward yep. Furlong. So that was a bit dodgy, but kind of clever. But I just, I don't know. what did, Bob, what do they need to do with the Terminator franchise? Should they just kill it, or is there a good idea that they could actually turn it back into a good franchise? I would let it die now. Yeah. It's it's had some good stuff. Mm. It's had some that's been a bit questionable. You know, how old is he now? He's like seventy something, isn't he? Yeah. You know, so um, you know, it doesn't matter. He's still got muscles bigger <laughs> than all three of us put together. Still punch me through a wall. <laughs> so you know, but no, I like the franchise. I just think there's, there, there yeah. was never enough in the storyline. To, to turn it into this however many films, like six or whatever it is, plus two TV shows, two TV seasons and th- I think Terminator 1, Terminator 2 are really good and Sarah Connor Chronicles are really good, that's it mm-hmm. everything else you could just jettison and just get rid of it all No, yeah. I I finished watching Dark Fate and I could have put it straight back on and watched oh, it again God, I need, We need to send you a care package of movies we need to. We're going we're to kick. You know, we're going to kickstart a thing for you, Rob, so we can get you some films. Well, well, all I can say is, wouldn't the world then be a better place if you were all in my mind? Um, I think I films. Don't think. No. I, yeah, I don't think I could put up with that much in the way of um, you know, <laughs> pink Power Rangers. <laughs> don't be bloody pop figures, Power Rangers, and hey, Arnie movies. Nothing wrong with a pink Power Ranger. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I don't think I'd look good in it. No. I don't know. I, no. I, I, yeah, I think you, 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 you could, uh, you could do that, Bob. You know, I tell you what, Bob. I'll send you a costume. You dress up. We'll stick the photos on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll let the we, public decide. No, how about we set Bob up an OnlyFans page and we put it that as the launch picture? <laughs> that would work. Yes, I'm liking this. As would many yeah, others. Bob, our reason to break lockdown and firebomb people's <laughs> houses. You know. oh god so anything else you've watched Rob Um, there is but it's not worth me talking about it can't be worse than Terminator Dark Fate no 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 what I'm saying when I say it's not worth me talking about is there's there's my usuals and nobody wants to hear me talk about Deep Space Nine reruns I'm watching every night and the next um, generation that I've now added into it. God. And no one wants to hear about me liking Gogglebox and that kind of stuff as well. So I have watched other things, but it's not worth me talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. But I have played a game. What have you played and what did you play it on? Um, I've played 
and purchased Lego Jurassic Park on Yeah, the I'm playing that as well, actually, Epic. on the uh, PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fantastic. Yep. I-, I love all the Lego games, you know. I, I know, I think all of us got a lot of love for those. And, um, you know, Jurassic Park at the moment just seems to be a really big in the in the household between me and Addy. Nicole absolutely hates it. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been uh, been playing on that for the last week and really enjoying it. Um, and just as I purchased it, I saw on uh, the Switch store that um, Jurassic World Evolution is coming out um, next month, which pretty much is um, a um, theme park game with dinosaurs but with beautiful graphics it looks like it's been out on playstation uh 4 and um xbox one uh etc um previous to this so um the switch version they've obviously obviously been working on and they've um they're billing it as the the complete edition so it's got um several um add-on packs that that were released uh, on the playstation and xbox versions as well all bundled into one so i think it's 60 pounds wow. but i'm gonna buy it because it looks absolutely beautiful yeah. now shifting back to the lego jurassic park are you playing it right mm-hmm. or are you playing it wrong now by that i mean because i the way i'm playing it annette keeps telling me i'm playing it wrong because i'm not collecting everything <laughs> ah well well this is this is then me and uh addison so Addison rushes me through because we only play it two-player because we have to play it together. (laughs) So she rushes through trying to get to every single thing yesterday (laughs) and I'm there going, no, just just one second. Just let me break this thing here. I want to see what's in it. Yep. So, um, so yeah, we've got got different (laughs) play styles and if it was up to me and I was playing it on my own, I would spend hours just breaking every single block in the entire world. Emily's much like your daughter, and I'm like you. (laughs) See, I tend to be a mix of both because it's I will kind of rush through it, but not super fast because I know that certainly with Lego games, once you get to the end of them, you've unlocked all these new characters, and you then have to go go through the game again, and you can do everything. So I think, well, why do everything twice? I might as well get to the end, unlock everything, go back to the beginning, and then do it all. So that's the way I play it. But Annette literally... (laughs) has to collect everything. Uh, Annette's daughter, Sarah, is worse, and she's got a whole shock coming in because we picked up Crash Bandicoot 4 for the PlayStation, which came out this week, and my God, that game is hard. <laughs> it's really, really hard. <laughs> now, Crash Bandicoot, it's a, it's a typical platformer, 3D platformer. You've got to run to the end of the level, jump over various bits and pieces, collect boxes if you can do, and, uh, and you get points and all that sort of stuff. Now, yeah. uh, Annette used to play it where she had to collect every single box. I didn't. It's a case of, for me, I will get to the end of the level because then when I get to the end of that level, I can then go back and do the level again because I know how to do it, and then I can collect every box. Annette's daughter, Sarah, has to collect every box, even to the point if she misses a box, she suicides her character to go back to the (laughs) beginning. And with Crash Bandicoot 4, that... She'll, she's never going to get off the first level. That game is so <laughs> damn hard. It is insane. We're up to a level 11, I think, in a minute, and I, I've been very tempted to just 
chuck a joypad already it's that frustrating so it's like i'm going to switch this off because i don't have 40 quid for a new joypad so it's it's a very good <laughs> game but it my god it's hard so it's uh the, the different play styles can be uh, can be interesting shall we say so i played anything else uh, rob any i have um, and and I seem to be uh, really starting a theme here, but um, I decided to spend um, eight pounds um, and purchase the um, Jurassic <laughs> World add-on for Minecraft on the Switch. It's uh, it, it's made by um, um, it's made by Minecraft themselves, so it's not uh, an add-on. Um, produced by a third party so you know it's going to be good quality and oh my god is that a huge map it, it they've literally re recreated the park in block format um and you go on missions and exploring you drive the jeeps and everything which you know I, i've only been used to playing original vanilla minecraft so i've never yeah. even driven a vehicle oh. in minecraft before so so it is epic the only downside um that i have for it is because it's played on a switch which is woefully underpowered in my own opinion when it comes to hardware is that you cannot manage a two-player game on it the lag is so much that you can only play um in a single player mode which is really disappointing because whenever we play the switch me and Addy are always playing together it's something we do together so with with that game we've literally had to watch each other play which has meant we've quickly thrown it to the side and moved on to um lego jurassic world it's like a proper dinosaur theme going down uh, your neck of the woods it is dinosaurs and zombies for me oh and uh, a few robots thrown in for good measure (laughs) Ah, but of course because it's lego and minecraft the other theme there is blocks yes so, yeah. so talking about blocks, that's an amazing segue there, Bob. So WordPress launched their new editor this week. <laughs> uh, I say launched; they've now forced everybody who's who's been very happy with the previous one to, to you've got to use this new one, and it is all blocks. So Rob suffered a, a Gutenberg a, a editor. Horribleberg editor. So Rob suffered like a <laughs> half-hour rant from me because uh, he he dared reply back to me saying I like the new editor so I'm like right we need to talk so I had a good old right I hate the new editor I'm slowly getting used to it to the point of it's kind of the same when you go I'm getting used to the stink of those dustbins but yeah. I, you know I still don't like the fact that there's a dustbin there and it stinks but I'm kind of learning to live with it so I'm not a fan <laughs> of the new editor whatsoever but that's all blocks and Look, here's a block for an image. Here's a, just give me a blank piece of paper. Let me type what I want and insert images. That's all I'm after. This faffy block, <laughs> Battenberg, flipping Gutenberg editor. It's uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, so I like the idea of a Battenberg. I like because at least me too. I was thinking I, that. the Battenberg one would be great because it looks nice and it's it's you know it's tasty as well it's yeah. great it's exactly what you <laughs> and, want and, and it, for so. me it's made of blocks and it's made of yes. blocks exactly it's this <laughs> faffy horrible wordpressy gutenberg so the only the only decent gutenberg is steve gutenberg from police academy and cocoon that's it every other, other gutenberg sucks so yeah i can tick the my rant about the new thing 
off my list because Bob, you perfectly <laughs> mentioned it by mentioning blocks. So I'm very happy about that. So well, I was going to say, you know how I feel about WordPress anyway. Well, I like WordPress, but just not this new editor. That's kind of crazy. And if you're looking for a WordPress website, I do uh, build them, so please get in touch. Thanks. Yes, there you go. Nice little ad. <laughs> that, that went perfectly. Nice little me. ad for uh, Rob's wonderful website design business. Has you got a website business got a name, or is it just Rob? It has. It's uh, UK Promotion, and you can find it at www.ukpromotion.com. Well, you don't know what that is a sponsor for this episode. So there you go. Free. <laughs> You've used the discount code, so you don't even have to pay me for that promotion. That's great. So. That is good. So <laughs> mention the podcast, ten percent off your website. Can't say better than that. Go. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so um so people need websites. There are all these businesses being set up and stuff at home. They do. They need yeah. websites. And your websites are very good, by the way. So well done. Thank you. Uh well I, I am due to actually film a short film on Saturday. Yay! Finally, as far as I know, uh, well, it looks to be well. The script is six minutes, so it'll probably turn into about a ten-minute film, uh, maybe. Don't change the camera. Who knows? No, 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 no. This is tr- <laughs> trust me. I've designed um, shot lists and how many I'm filming the thing four times, whereas the second Mimi film I shot like once. Uh, yeah. So this one has been shot four times from very different angles, the, the entire thing from different angles, so four times. So it's kind of like having four cameras, but not having four cameras. So I'm doing that. Yeah. Uh, socially distanced, which is good. I'm in it because mm-hmm. uh, so I've got a whole bunch of lines Ooh. which I very stupidly remembered on Monday. I'm thinking, right, I've got the camera equipment. Right, yeah, that's all done. I've got everything bagged up. Memory cards are formatted. Tripod's done. I've put little uh, little sandwich bags on the tripod legs because I'm going to be shooting in a river, which is kind of weird, and I don't want the tripod getting all rusty and knackered. So I've done that. <laughs> I've, I've sent the script over to Lamissa. What else have I got to do? Oh, yeah, shit. Learn all my lines. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of forgot that part. So I put a tweet out. I'm like, actor people, how do you learn lines? It's always very fascinating watch all these different um, methods for learning lines. Some people use apps. Some people record it onto tape. Some people just uh, walk up and down the room performing the lines. Some other people get, them to get their friends to do it. It's just like the amount of... Yeah. Uh, things. Whereas I'm thinking, I'm just going to keep going over the lines and just keep the camera running, and then hopefully I'll have enough to edit. But yeah, no, that was the last thing that I remembered that I had to do was actually learn the lines. It's like, oh shit, I forgot about that part. <laughs> so hopefully the weather will be fine because it's an outdoor shoot, and uh, hopefully the cast will be fine as well. So you know, either next week it will be a case of, well, I shot my film, or, yep, COVID delayed it again. <laughs> so who knows? But it's, uh, it is not a Mimi film. It's something unconnected with that one. But it's an Ooh. easy-ish shoot. Uh, to the point I was talking to Annette about it. So well, I've told you about this this one. And she went, no. I'm like, did I not? She went, no. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so even she's not read it. So it's just a nice little short film that that will get me back into filming. So... That is my Saturday. I'm also hoping to do a photo shoot with Lamissa for the posters for the yes. the short film that we're shooting this week and another one. 
So she's going to be running around, not for this short film, but she's going to be running around the forest with a handgun on Saturday. So that should be fun. <laughs> so hopefully there will be no police uh, getting called out <laughs> with some sort of teenager running around with a weapon. So yeah. that's my... Uh, if not, good publicity. It's very good publicity. As long as I capture it on yeah, shot, yeah. you know, get the photos or whatever, yeah. and it can... Uh, and then if we go to court because we're running around with guns in a forest, then it might end up being in a cinema, which kind of ties up to yeah. uh, to what you were talking about earlier on. So that... <laughs> Can you uh, tell us the name of this short film? It's, it's called or... Glimmer. And Glimmer. Uh, all, all I will tell you about that one is it's one of these that I've written during lockdown. And, mm-hmm. and, oh. and whilst I was obviously doing my night job, but obviously I was only writing it while I was on a break, of course. I would never, never course, be doing yeah. it while I was yeah. neglecting my job. And uh, so I wrote it and then sent it over to Lemis's mum. And then when I saw Lemis's mum, probably a few weeks back when we were doing a location scout where we were going to be shooting this thing, I said, so what did you think? She went, I really liked it. She said, when I was reading it, though, I thought it was headed into a very different direction. I'm like, that's exactly what I was after. That's exactly what I was after. <laughs> I was laughing and joking about that one. So uh, you're, you're watching it and you'll think it's going one way and it's not quite. So uh, b- Good. Yes. Nothing worse than watching something and being able to predict what's going on. <laughs> exactly. No, I hate it. Who, who wants to be able to follow a storyline? Exactly. So, but it's, uh, I need something like Mission Impossible. Yes. Well, I watch Mission <laughs> Impossible 2. That's where I started because Bob very kindly, I don't even know how many, was it months ago? I think it was probably months ago. You showed up with the biggest uh, box of Blu-rays and went, here you go. So here's here's a bunch of Blu-rays to watch. And uh, in there was the first five Mission Impossible films on Blu-ray. So I've seen them all before. I love them all. But I, I, I didn't want to go back and start from one because I've seen one. Good I've seen choice. one a lot. I saw it at the cinema, I like it, and it's a great film. But I thought, it that film doesn't fit in with the rest of the series, which I'm thinking Bob will probably agree. Uh, the the yeah, style of one is nothing like yeah. the style of three, three, style four, five. One, they tried, <laughs> yeah. one, they tried to basically go with the TV series in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like say, they developed it for two onwards. And even number two is very different Mission Impossible, the series oh, yeah. is kind of like three different sections. So you've got number one, which is section one. You've got number two, which is its own style. Uh, and then you've got three, four, five, and six, which are all sort of yeah. combined um, and sort of follow a lot of threads and narrative. But number two was directed by John Wu, who, just to educate mm-hmm. you, he's a... I think it's a Chinese or Hong Kong. I think it's a Chinese director. I'll, I'm, I'm going to check because you know how Hong Kong and Chinese get. Oriental. Oriental. Yeah, let's go for that one. So I'm because I know he made a lot of films in Hong Kong. I'm just not sure whether yeah. John Woo was born in Hong Kong. I believe he was, but uh, no, he wasn't. He was born in China. So there you go. Yes. So he's a go. Chinese film director who made a lot of films in Hong mm-hmm. Kong. There we go. I'm out of trouble now. And his Hong Kong films, his Chinese films, are amazing. He is so stylistic. It's great. Uh, so I can happily give you a recommendation of some John Woo films to watch. Uh, Bob, have you seen any? John? I mean, you've seen Face Off. Uh, Rob, oh, yeah. you've seen Face Off? I have. John Woo made that. So imagine, imagine uh, a Mission Impossible film in that style. Oh, I'm happy there with that. Yeah, That's Mission it. Impossible too. So Tom Cruise has got <laughs> longer hair. You've got Hans Zimmer's big 
sort of glorious uh, Hans Zimmery music, which is fantastic. You've got Tandy Newton in there, and then you've got John Woo's face-off style sort of stuff. So that's that's mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 2. Then J.J. Abrams comes in for number three, uh, uh, and he ta- he takes <laughs> over. Are you not a fan of J.J.? There's no... It's not, uh, what did he, he do to like Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, Come on. Uh, so he comes in for number three, and Brad Bird, who did The Incredibles, comes in for number four. But around the time of number three onwards, Tom Cruise kind of ups his game as a producer. So he's more in control than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And then from th- from two onwards, Tom Cruise then becomes the, oh, I'm just going to do some crazy shit. Please film it. Hey, and everybody will know it's me. So that's <laughs> where number two of, begins that sort of trend. Uh, and then it mm-hmm. just it ramps up even more. But So what's your thoughts on the Mission Impossible series, Bob? Much the same as you say. It's basically a case of, um, you know, we, we've talked about number one. Number two, very action-orientated, but again, a totally different feel, you know, which is what John Woo does for <laughs> things, etc. So, um, but yeah, it, it's basically a case of, uh, you know, from then on, as you say, you know, it, it's, they become more of a, out. I don't want to make it sound drab by saying they're a standard action film because they're no. not, but it becomes more of a, you know, kind of what we would accept as an action film. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's not so much like the old weird missions that the mission impossible team did in the TV series. It does take it more James Bond. Yes, more more James Bond, a little bit more Jason Bourne, uh, definitely, stuff definitely. like that. And then also you've got the whole let's let's actually what the film you're about to watch. We actually strapped Tom Cruise to a rocket, and fired him into a brick wall. And you go, all right, and let's watch that. <laughs> wow, look at Tom Cruise getting blasted into space or whatever. So certainly from four onwards, that's when you'll be aware of. Oh my God, that's actually Tom Cruise doing that, which is amazing. And he actually, he actually does stuff. I don't want to go into a lot of the stuff that he does, but the stunts, he does them all. So when you're looking at him doing the real crazy stuff and you're like, that's really far-fetched. No, no, that's Tom Cruise. I've seen him doing new stuff for this uh, for the new one, number seven. Have you seen any of that, Bob? Rob, no. no. So there was no. there's two sort of video clips that have gone out. One of them, and it was, because it was all shut down, number seven was shut down for covid so then they, yeah. they've opened it back up again. And you see the biggest looking ski jump ramp I've ever seen go, going <laughs> off the side of a mountain. right? And you see this yeah. little dot on a motorbike going right down this ramp. And it looks to be like a 100-foot ramp, this thing, going all the way down, flying right up in the air. The bike goes one way. Whoever's on this bike goes another and then parachutes down into this mountain canyon. That's Tom Cruise. You're like... The frick are you doing? You're in your fifties, man, for God's sake. And then there was one that went viral a couple of days back where somebody was either in a car or on a train or whatever, and this train starts to go past them. So they're looking out the window to see all these people are sitting on the the top of this train and there's a guy there and he's sat he's not strapped in or anything, he's just like waving at this camera. It's Tom Cruise. He's like going on he's just sat on the top of this train going, I uh he's off his nut. The guy's mental. But yep. uh, no, do carry on watching the Mission Mission Impossible films. They do get better. They really do. I, I love okay. them. So I've been enjoying rewatching them all, and certainly, and this won't make much sense to you in a minute, Rob. But watching the uh, the Burj scenes in Dubai, Bob, 
it's like <laughs> anybody yes. who thinks you know what movie stars get paid too much just take Tom Cruise at the argument because he's, <laughs> he's he's crazy he's off his nut but yeah. uh, I don't know how he manages to get away with it because no. like say most film companies would say we can't insure you for that well the insurance yeah exactly it's the insurance side of things isn't it because you, you listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts because Christopher McQuarrie who he wrote The Usual Suspects and he's you know he, Jack Reacher and stuff he did those movies so he's he works on a lot of these films with Tom Cruise so they get on really really well so he's done a lot of press and it's the, the Chris McQuarrie once said he said the moment of dread is when Tom Cruise phones me up at like 2 in the morning going I've had an idea he's like oh god no. <laughs> please I don't want to know and it was wasn't the last one when um, and it's not a spoiler but it was the previous one where Tom Cruise had made this big thing going all oh, for the next one he said this stunt I've been preparing for 12 months. I've been training to do this this thing for 12 months solid. And he's flying a chopper. And there's a big helicopter <laughs> chase flight. And it's Tom Cruise flying this flipping helicopter, looping the loops and doing all these crazy things. And you're like, this guy didn't know how to fly a helicopter before this film. And now he's learned to fly a helicopter. And you, no shadow of a doubt, it's Tom Cruise that's actually doing it. He's, uh, and, uh, he's just... Preparing for the zombie apocalypse. Really, well, then you've got it? the tr- then you've got the treat where, and this has been it's not a plot spoiler either because I think the film begins at the very thing of it where he's holding on to the side of a jet plane. What's the, I mean? How big was that plane, Bob? I was going to say it was some kind of large cargo cargo it, plane. It's yeah, <laughs> and he's literally they do it. He's holding on to the side and it takes it does it goes up hundreds of feet he did that like 20 times or something stupid it's actually Tom right just I'm going to run out I'm going to jump on the the wing of the plane and I'm going to hold on to it right take off you're like why would you but he does he's he's clearly Mm -hmm. insane that guy so you've got so many treats but you've also got Simon Pegg joins the cast in Mission Impossible 3 and he is great in that role as Benji so he's very funny um, so please do carry on. Don't be put off by number one, which is a good film, but it okay. is, as you said, it's very dated, uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of things have come out since then that kind of overshadow that one. Mm. So who do people are going to be listening to this episode going? How old is this episode? They're talking about Mission Impossible. Fucking that's with wolves. <laughs> What's going on? Which episode am I on? Madness. So, what have I been watching? Well, I watched uh, Mission Impossible 2, 3, and 4. So, I've watched that. Um, I watched Invaders from Mars from 1986, which is a crazy Toby Hooper uh, remake of the like the 50s movies. Oh, look, aliens are coming down. So, yeah. that's on Netflix. So, that was fun. I've watched a couple of documentaries. One of them was about the making of Platoon called Brothers in Arms, which features uh, Rob's mate, Ooh. Tony Todd. He's in that. Doesn't Yay. feature Oliver Stone, though, but features everybody else. So you've got Johnny Aww. Depp in there, Keith David in there from a whole bunch of stuff, uh, Tony Todd, and they're all just... It's like a talking heads type thing where they're all just talking about their memories and stuff from filming it. it was, that was highly yeah. interesting. Um, I also watched a film, a documentary called Growing Up With I Spit On Your Grave, <laughs> a charming series of films. The the documentary itself was really really good though. So it was uh, it's a special feature on the complete series of Ice Spit on Your Grave movies, which is not something I'm going to run out by because the films are quite grim 
and quite brutal. It's, but oh, yeah. uh, the original ones are a definite water cooler classic talkie about film, isn't it? But, uh, uh, Rob, I'm thinking you've not seen that one. Bob, I suspect you may have. Correct? I've seen the original, yes. yes. I've not seen any remakes or follow-ups, but yeah, I've seen the yes. original. And I saw it probably way earlier than so I should did have I. Done, I was... Um, <laughs> Because I was watching this documentary, which is, you know, growing up with I Spit on Your Grave, because the, the, the kid, obviously, his dad made it, and now he's made a documentary, yeah. and all the, the principal cast are, are interviewed and stuff. It's a really interesting documentary, and it goes into the whole controversy stuff, and when it was banned, and I'm thinking, pretty sure I watched that film when I shouldn't have. So I was probably oh, yeah. about yeah, 14 or something. It so it, was, it came out in 78, yep. 79. And then it was never actually properly available in this country until like the year 2000. So I'm guessing me and me and you, Bob, watched it when we weren't supposed to. Oh, definitely, definitely. But uh, it's a- yeah, it was basically a case of going way back when I was a kid. Um, it was just after video recorders had come out properly. Yeah. I think just after the Betamax bit. So we're in VHS. But a friend of my dad's was. Um, a merchant captain and on one of his voyage, you know, trips home kind of thing, he brought back a load of stuff, including a video recorder and a load of, you know, and the videos. big long cable for the uh, remote sorry, control. <laughs> That's yep. the one. Yeah. So basically he left that with us. So like I say, well, one of the films was I spit on your grave. So yeah, basically I remember it was probably a, a Saturday evening. Parents had gone out somewhere <laughs> Yeah, so I was old enough to be left in on my own, so probably like say about fourteen, yeah. fifteen. But yeah, just no. Wonder why? What's the kerfuffle? Yeah, well, let's watch this. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's one of those films you go, can't be that bad, can it? And you watch it, and you go, yeah, actually, it's <laughs> it's it's a, it's, a, it's a low budget film. It's brutal law. Uh, even still oh, yeah. nowadays, it's still quite harsh. Uh, it's generally not yeah. my taste in films, but I'd, it's one of those films where you you need to watch it because you're not supposed to watch it. It's like The Exorcist when you watch that, although The Exorcist is certainly yeah. more mainstream. But yeah, the bathroom scene, the outboard you know, water, the, the, the bathroom <laughs> scene. Not so this film, this documentary, because of the whole making of it. This is like how not to shoot an indie film. So the the basically, are you familiar with the film, Rob? Right. Not at all. So I spit on your grave. A, a the actress Camille Heaton plays a woman called Jennifer Hills, and she's she goes out into the middle of nowhere because she's going somewhere or whatever, and she bumps into these hillbillies who are horrible scummy hillbillies, and they they rape her. So she staggers away from okay. them, going, you know, as she would do, going, "Oh my God, this is horrific!" Blah blah blah, and then she bumps into them again, and they rape her again. And then she thinks, and I'm sort of downplaying the whole plot of this thing, but she sort of thinks, right, I've had enough of that shit. I'm going to go kill him. So because it's a rape and revenge movie. So she then hunts them down. She, uh, how does she kill? I think she hangs one of them. Uh, another one she, she runs a nice hot bath for and then, then castrates <laughs> him with a steak knife. So he's like in the bath going, oh, that feels quite nice. Bleeding Whoa, out. where did all that blood come from? And so I was watching a bit about them filming that scene, and that was a real knife, Bob. <laughs> she was, she was. Yeah. What they had is they had this little rubber pump going down the guy's back into the water. So when they squeezed the pump, all the blood came out. 
and she, so she, oh. so it looks effective. I mean, it's a low budget film, but it looks yeah. like it's you know, my God, what have you actually done? But she was saying, no, no, the knife we used, it was a real knife. I just, I just made sure I kept it away from him. You're like, you've got, a, you've got a, a real, you know, a real knife under the bathwater next to a guy's bits. Oh my god! And uh, the outboard motor, because so another one she gets. I think you see either swimming or she throws him in the water or something, and then she starts circling him with this little, uh, little outboard motorboat thing. And then she sort of backs up behind him, and he's like, get me out, get me out. So she's like, no problem, I'll get you out. And then she turns the outboard motor on him and just chops him up like that. And so uh, the water apparently was freezing, so it was really, really cold. So the guy wasn't too happy. And he wasn't really into this whole, I don't really want an outboard motor going off at me when I'm really, really close to it. For some reason, that's making me nervous. Yeah. So they took the propeller blade off. They took all the mechanics off so there was nothing spinning around. And they had an oxygen tank on the side of the boat. And then it, when, they, when they turned it on, it, it looked like the, the bubbles. bubbles came up. And this guy was still nervous. He's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I understand why. But uh, So it was, it was a fascinating documentary. So I ended up typing a review out and then sent it to the sent it to Terry and then he's now following me on Twitter so that was quite happy and he's he's shared oh. my review to the official Ice Pit on Your Grave website <laughs> so it's on there somewhere so it was, uh, it's been an interesting week film wise I've watched some very strange <laughs> documentaries so from you know but yeah. fun I think Ooh. so I've watched watched a whole bunch uh, what else have I watched um, uh, Mission Possible I watched Sarah Millican live which is quite good but no, a couple of things I watched one here's one for you Bob and Rob it's called What We Did on Our Holiday which is on Amazon oh. Prime and it stars Rosamund Pike went out to a restaurant and had a drink yes yeah, <laughs> my holiday would just be staying at home because I was you know Annette and I were planning to go down and see Rob last week and that got torpedoed because you know Wales did that <laughs> lockdown thing didn't they and went no nah, we don't want anybody coming around here anymore we don't like you Englanders yep. beggar off so we had to uh, scrap that idea but what we did on a holiday Rosamund Pike David Tennant and Ooh. Billy Connolly so Ooh. it is uh, it's a family of five off to see granddad's big 75th birthday now uh, Billy Connolly plays the granddad, granddad, so I feel quite old now because Billy Connolly, what, 75? And uh, it's he, it's a Sc- so it's a Scottish film, and it's the funniest film I've seen for a long time. The, some of the kids in it, the dialogue that they come out with is amazing. So I'm not going to say any more than that. But what we did on a holiday yeah. is definitely it's what we need. We need a smile on our face, I think. And then you, and what's this? This on, was Stuart? on Can we Amazon Prime, I believe. So if have a Prime. look on that. Uh, I did watch one off Netflix. Netflix yeah which is, so we'll flip over to Netflix, called Peppermint, which is uh, Jennifer Garner. So it's a bit like Alias meets Taken. So she okay. um, she is out and about with her husband and her daughter. Her husband and her daughter get killed in a drive-by. She then does the obvious thing and turns vigilante and teaches herself how to be a mercenary and hunts everybody down, and it was great. So it's... Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Garner <laughs> turns into Liam Neeson. Uh, it's called Peppermint. Sounds good. Yes. So I'm, uh, but I'm also in full horror horror mode with with Grimfest and stuff with bits <laughs> with and pieces Fest, for that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just I don't know. I don't. What else to watch? Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I'm still working my way through that, which is an okay show. 
I still think Will Smith is the weakest character in it. Everybody else is far funnier than him, but I'm enjoying the show um, as well. While we're on the the subject, yep. there, Stuart, answer me a question. And you too, Bob, have you Go. ever tried the call? I haven't seen... Oh, no, Annette showed no. it, me. She showed me a YouTube clip of it. So I've not actually got to I've that. I've seen it, no. but I've, not, I've never tried it. You've never it. been drunk, Bob, that's why. You would have to be smacked <laughs> out of your brain to be able to try that. Have you tried it, Rob? I have, and I wasn't drunk Is at the time either. Is there any video evidence, perhaps, of this? Not at all, but it is something I keep coming back to um, every couple of years just to see if, for some reason, my body snapped into it and well, can when, do it. When I'm down there, <laughs> you do it, I will film it, and I promise that I swear <laughs> on my mother's life, the uh, the clip will well, never but, go anywhere. You know, <laughs> as soon as it's not unusual comes on on yeah. the plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is Welsh, isn't he? Yes. So. Well, yes. there you go. So, but no, I've seen the Carlton dance, but I've, I would never. No, no, not at all. I'm not into uh, not into dancing or socialising, really. I'm all good. <laughs> so what's saying that it, it does remind me of um, uh, Kane's memorial on Monday. Wacky segue there, but um, I was channeling my inner Kane, so I had a man bun. You didn't have a man bun, really. I did indeed. Oh, no. Thought he was going to say afro. I thought he was going to say. No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't pull off an afro. It's just not possible. Kane had his weird, wonderful afro hair, um, but yeah, I did manage a man. I thought he was going to say he was channeling his inner Carlton. Then, <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. Hey, look! If I could have been there in my man bun dancing as Carlton for Kane, he'd be looking down, smiling and laughing True. and having a great yes. time. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to think what else I've done. I've done. Oh, I think I've rattled through quite a lot. There, I'm still reading Oliver Stone's Chasing the Light, which is a damn good book. But me being a slow reader, it will take me a while because I don't tend to read. I'm not a slow reader. I just don't read very often. So I'll be busy. Your name My is, name not, is Bob. not Bob. Bob's like <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> red. I, I'm fed up of this uh, Oliver Stone stuff. By <gasps> the way, I just mu- got. I've got. I've got to put it out there. Um, I've got to say. Tony Todd could take Oliver Stone any day. Uh, see, I, I would <laughs> I would flip that back saying Oliver Stone gave Tony Todd his first job in a, in yeah, a movie. Maybe so, but Tony Todd could take him. I don't, to to be fair, I don't know. The hook I, is I, coming I don't out. think that would... Uh, no, that's Candyman. That's not Tony Todd. You read this book. I'm just oh, reading the chapter, the second chapter. I'm telling you, where's the mirror, Tony Todd? Tony Todd. Tony Todd. <laughs> Candyman movie. Tony Todd actor. There we go. Uh, so the chapter in Oliver Stone's book that I've just finished reading is called Strange Days, and it's all about his time when he served in the infantry in Vietnam. And it's like I've never read all that stuff before. I mean, obviously, I knew Oliver Stone went to Vietnam and, and stuff like that, but I've yeah. never read it in detail about what it was like over there. You're like, whoa, that's... I'm, I'm never messing with Oliver Stone. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's on a serious life, but it's not something that people ask him about much. They're too busy bitching about films and conspiracies and politicals and stuff, but it's a very interesting chapter. So the, the uh, Kindle version, apparently, was 99 pence um, last week. So I don't, I don't know if okay. it still is, but I wow. paid about 15 quid for my hardback, and it's well worth it. So if you could pick up the Kindle one, uh, f- for it, but it's that. it's a very good, 
It's a good book anyway, because obviously the guy's won an Oscar for writing, so he does know how to put a sentence together. But it's uh, it's a very <laughs> interesting story as well. So I am busy reading that. I think uh, I did another podcast earlier on with uh, some of the cast and crew from a Grimfest film called They Reach, which was fun. So that was a nice half-hour Zoom podcast, which uh, takes me up to about seven or eight of these Grimfest things, I think. So I've been uh, quite busy. I'm appearing on a, a podcast on Sunday night, I believe, uh, talking about the film Holst on Shudder, which will be quite good. And other than that, I'm just going to chill out because I'm not back in work till the 21st of October and I need some rest because I have not had any rest so far. I'm still flipping exhausted. So how's your energy levels, Bob? Ooh, pretty low at the moment. What do you think's causing that? Um stir crazy uh, <laughs> I mean it's, it's one of those things it's one of those, during the week when I'm kind of you know you're going through the general drudgery of you know work exist you know it's it gets you down a bit you know it, it's things like this when you're talking with people you know uh, that aren't yes, exactly <laughs> uh, when you talk to people by choice rather than because you love to <laughs> yeah that it lifts yeah, it you does. up and it gives you, you know, kind of thing. So, and like I say, weekends, at least with my mum being on the high risk thing, I get to go over there, do her shopping, see her for a short while. You know, so that's good for both yeah. of us. Um, and Emily coming over is always very uplifting. And I have energy then. But it's, it's like you say, you know, it gets to middle of a week like this now. You know, Monday... Tuesday up till you know eight o'clock tonight. It's just sort of yeah, drudgery. It is, isn't it? Yeah, and it's trying to find something to kind of put that smile back on your face in time. Because like even if and keep I think you even going. with movies, I mean, we, yeah, we love movies, but it's like how many can you watch in a day before you think, you know what, I'm kind of bored with watching movies? Well, they say you've got as much as we have to kind of socially distance, and you can't go out. You still need social interaction. Yeah, and not social media interaction. I mean, this is different. This is not. No, this no. is the kind of interaction that I like where, where we're talking and stuff. But, yeah. but a lot of people are spending all their time on Facebook, all the time on Twitter or whatever. And it's like. And both of those. Dick, certainly can. And I see it a lot on other people's timelines. Yeah. So, like I say, kind of bits like this really pick you up. You know, you haven't. I, I know it's a podcast that's going out. And some people, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, some people do see it as almost like a job. And unluckily, in some people's podcasts, that's yeah, yours. Does. I don't think about this as a job to you. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Oh. I always, <laughs> I permanently, oh, I don't permanently. I periodically forget that people will listen to this now and again. So it's like, I'll have a rant about all This to me, this to me is three of us having social interaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about films and things like that and things that are happening. But if we were to meet up in real life... Same conversation. This, <laughs> yeah. conversation. It's the same conversation. It is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's, this, to me, is a proper social interaction. Yeah. You know, and it, it does. It gets you going. It, it uplifts you. You have more energy because of it. You know. Well, I no, do. I do. I, I, yeah, yeah. I hope no, you do. I, as well. I do as well. It's like on those odd weeks when I'm not podcasting. It's like, oh, 
And it's certainly not because, oh no, what are the people who listen to this show going to do? It's like, oh, I'm, I want to have a conversation. My film list is getting yeah. too damn long to talk about one episode. I need to need to reset the clock. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, you know, yes, it's very easy to make a phone call, but oftentimes when you're making a phone call, you've got time constraints yeah. on you as well. So, like, you know, you know, yourself, um, uh, you know, I've talked to you a, a couple of times over the last week, but it's literally a case of, like, say, you, you're sort of time constrained because you're on the phone, yeah. you know. Doing this as a podcast, we're coming up on two hours. Well, you hours. kind of block it out, don't you? I mean, it's like I'm sitting here now in a chair with a headset on, and then Annette's yeah, downstairs so. watching TV. She knows I'm upstairs doing a podcast. If I was on the phone, she might yeah. come around and go, who's on the phone? Oh, it's Bob. Oh, how's he doing? It's, yeah. So it's, there's an interruption side of things. And also with a phone, yeah. I could, oh, the washing machine's finished, so I need to put that in the dryer. When I'm wearing a headset, nothing. Yeah. I am tied to the computer with a cable. It's fine. It's my podcasting time, yeah. and it's great. So it's, uh, it's it is much needed. <laughs> Definitely. So I have uh, I've forgotten a couple of things I did. So a bit of VR. I did Star Wars Squadrons, which uh, which is fully playable in VR. I might add, and it was a weird experience because I'd got it and I, I installed it. Showed up at like half five at night. Like what? I've just lost my entire video game night here. Because that was showing up the same day as Crash Bandicoot 4 and it's like, I want to play Crash. Oh. Yeah, I want to play Star Wars. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, so I installed that, which took ages because it was an update file for each, as is the case with consoles. Oh, no. So the day after I played Star Wars Squadrons, put the VR headset on and I'm inside an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter. You can be inside whichever you want. Just dogfighting with ships and it was like, wow. So I played it for about half an hour. I thought, that's enough VR. But it was amazing. And then I thought, you know what? The, the game is probably just as good or acceptable if I'm playing it on 2D. Because it's literally just you in space. And you're moving a target around shooting stuff. Yeah. So I played it a little bit with that. Nowhere near as good as VR. <laughs> nowhere nowhere <laughs> near. So that game, I am just going to go back and, and play uh, VR. Uh, headset, headset on, on totally immersive but that's not easy to do lose a couple of hours when you're in the house with somebody though so no, hey no. Uh, yeah I'm just going to go put this headset on and I probably won't be able to hear you or see you for an hour bye it's it's it's. you're in the middle of some kind of dog fight and you get a tap on the shoulder you it's want like, to what? Brew? I just crashed my TIE fighter into an <laughs> asteroid there what the flip oh, shut it? up but it's but it's so, <laughs> it's so weird um doing a Star Wars VR thing because you can look behind you and you can see your R2 unit. It's like, whoa, this is... So the VR is amazing on that one. And uh, then I played Crash Bandicoot, so I've done that, but I've talked about that a little bit. But we've just finished watching the second episode of V, The Final Battle, on our projector. So over the past week, we've been watching the entire run of V on a huge screen projector. And wow, it's it's like watching it at the cinema which I was never able to do because it wasn't a cinema movie. But I'm <laughs> loving watching that stuff again. So um, so Annette's never seen it before. The only thing what? she knew about V was she's she's like, is this the one where somebody has a lizard baby? I'm like, yeah, that's this one. She better, that's, oh, that's, that's all <laughs> I remember. That's the only bit that she can remember. Oh. So we've just got to that bit now. So it's the second episode of V, The Final Battle. And she, uh, so I've given her the rundown. I said, look, V, the miniseries, it's very good. V, the final battle, which is the next three episodes of this 
extra mini series. That's my favourite. She went, why is it your favourite? I'm like, because somebody comes into it that I really like. She went, who's that? I said, you'll find <laughs> out. And then when Michael Ironside's Michael Ironside. name came up, she's like, ooh, so is, he, is, he a, is he a lizard? I went, no, he's not a lizard. She went, is he a baddie? I'm like, no, he's a goodie. She went, oh, I'd be better as a baddie. I'm like, well, it's kind of a bit of both, to be fair. Uh, so, he, so he's now in it. And she's loving it. She's really enjoying V. She can see all the the underlying tones of it actually being about fascists and Nazis, and but but it's got aliens yep. in it. And so I've said, right, that's really good. And then there's V the series. That's not great. <laughs> so I'm like, once we get to the end of V the final battle, we can stop if you want. It's fine. But I'll probably carry on and watch V the the series. But she's loving it. She's uh. It, 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 some of the effects are dated, but the, the show still holds up. So Sarah Douglas is now in it. I'm like, okay. yeah. He's, so it's like uh, some of my Twitter yeah. friends are now on on a big screen projection. So <laughs> I've been watching that. So it's uh, Bob's yeah. like, well, you shut up about projectors. So I've not got a wall. They are oh. very good. <laughs> you work a way out to get one. They're they're amazing. But uh, yeah, so I've been watching that. So at some point we'll watch the final episode, probably tomorrow. We'll watch V, the final battle, yeah. and then she, Annette will know what the red dust is and and uh, who the star child is and all that sort of stuff. So she'll be stupidly excited. Go, why is that kid grown? He was only born. She was only born in the last episode. Makes no sense. Has has she got over um, Mark Singer and he's posing while firing? <laughs> exactly. I think <laughs> um, we're we're both in agreement that Robin, who's the one that gives birth to the little alien child, she's just a horrible character. I was never a fan of her character. She gets. She better. does get better in the series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She hates Daniel. If you remember him, who's the who's like the turn the Hitler yes. youth? <laughs> she's like, oh my god, I hate him. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point. So. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm, I'm the one character I always loved Chris. was um yes yeah what well, basically uh, you know kind of Michael Ironside well, in, in the show he's called Chris Farber right but apparently he was yeah. meant to be called Chris Faber but Michael Ironside kept fucking his lines up kept calling him Chris Farber <laughs> so they actually rewrote <laughs> the guy's name in everything going it's fine we're just going to call him Farber because Ironside could never get the name right so and uh, no, I, I learned that just on a on a podcast or whatever. I'm like, damn, I didn't know that. So there was there was a lot of <laughs> lot of interesting trivia that I've picked up doing a bit of V research. It was originally supposed to be a movie, way way back, but then yeah. the TV networks had no content around 1983, and they're like, do you fancy doing that as a miniseries? I'm like, oh, I suppose I could do. So they expanded it, and it was originally going to be movies every year. Uh, and then the year after, they went, right, we're going to do another V movie. Well, we could do a th- another three miniseries things if you want, which became the final battle. And then the, the original yeah. guy went, I don't like the way you're taking this show. I'm, I'm out of here. So somebody else carried on writing it. And then V the series ah. came about and then just went, oh, we'll have half of that budget. You don't need no weird voices. You know, we'll get rid of that. We'll just, you can have normal voices and we'll just <laughs> put new characters in it. And they kind of derailed the show, but. Uh, still watchable though. Still, still holds oh, up definitely. if you can get over some the the effect shots being reused constantly. <laughs> Whenever you see a shuttle fly, it's like that's the same <laughs> shot they used a minute ago. But it's uh, the storytelling still spot on. So that's yeah. what I've been watching. So I've been very busy watching stuff. This week I'm going to be very busy, hopefully filming stuff and then editing stuff. But I'll still manage to watch a few 
bits and pieces and then we'll get to find out uh, what DS9 and Star Trek Next Gen episodes Rob's watched, which is quite good. Cool. So what's everybody got planned for their coming week? So obviously, Bob, you're going to be working again. I have to think. Yeah, I'm on call all this week and over the weekend, so that's yep. wonderful. Um, so that kind of takes us into yes. next week. Um, next week, hopefully a quiet one with an Emily weekend at the end of it, which is something to look forward to. What about you, Rob? Um, I will be starting the build of four WordPress yeah. websites, yeah. just to Using mention blocks. that again. Um Look. Are you using blocks? Sorry, um, that there will be block editing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And don't tell Addy, but we're looking into getting a fish tank. Are you going to put anything in it, or are you just getting a tank? No, just thought we'd get a tank and just stick a block. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Saying that, I did. 3d print earlier a uh, a critter oh. egg because it's something that isn't in my prop collection um I, and it's sitting next to me so maybe i should just stick that in the fish tank and see what happens good to ask you rob yeah you got a 3d printer because it is something that i'm now looking into buying um the make is as i look at it to try and make sure i pronounce it <laughs> right is j g aurora yeah. Um it's one of those three D printers that pretty much comes in like two parts, so you just like slot one onto the other and it's pretty much done. You don't have to faff around building it if you've never built one before. Um they're only um about two hundred and fifty pounds. Um it's um got a really big um build um capacity though. Yeah, so, French area kind of Yeah, so um for example, you can do a lot of um, life size, human sized um, helmets and that kind of things in one. Yeah. Um, without having to cut them up, but saying that cutting them, cutting things up for it is easy anyway. Once you once you're into three D printing, so yeah, I'd I'd recommend it. Um, I have to have a proper chat with you about them. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> uh, and I can show you some of the things that it can produce as well. I can send you some pictures. And how much does it cost to run one of them Thank things you. then? Um, apart from your electricity, it's it's relatively um, cheap. You buy a roll of filament, and at the moment, I think I'm paying about fifteen pounds for a roll of filament. Um, it's a big roll. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a big roll. Um, they usually a lot more, but and uh, yeah, you'll you'll get several things out of it. So the role that's in there at the moment, I've got um, a um, Peacekeeper Pulse Pistol from Farscape that I've printed, nice. um, life-size, of course, um, a Critter Egg, which is, uh, say, the size of two normal eggs. Um, I've d- printed some... Um, some of the Greeblies eyes, laser weapons and everything for a DRD from Farscape. Um, and I had a half failed print of the DRD body that I've got to try and uh, give another and go. I bet the software, does that come with the printer or is that just to buy the software? Well, the software, with this printer, it comes with a uh, piece of software called Cura, which you can download for free anyway. Um, 
so yeah that's the software i've been using and uh, it seems pretty good for you know for, for printing things um if you're creating stuff yourself there's lots of other freebies you can download um from around the web so uh but there's that much on there that you can download and, and yeah. print directly that you know that'll keep you busy for for a few years before you want to start so making pretty much your own. for the cost of the printer and you know a roller to a filament or whatever it is that's you up and running there's not a massive expense yeah. you've then got to do oh, yeah. damn oh. no not too shabby. <laughs> so I shall let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your evening. I am going to get this podcast online tomorrow morning, and I'm also going to upload my uh, video <laughs> chat earlier on, which was fun. So, And then Sounds tomorrow I ain't doing nothing. I'm resting. I'm sleeping. I'm going to collapse and do nothing for a few days. So uh, I'll give you a call at about 7 you, in the morning and wake you up. Can, you can do that if you wish. My phone is now on silent and is pretty much on silent a lot of the times. So anyway, I need to start putting that on noisy, I think, a little bit. But no, please don't phone me up at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Or I will start phoning you up at 3 in the morning when I'm back at my uh, night job. So there you That's go. fine. But uh, always a pleasure, guys. Take care. And, Thank uh, you both and I very, very much. Okay, do Take care. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.